Hello, Dan. Hello. Nice one. How are you, sir? Not bad. How are you? I'm all good, man. I'm all good. I've had a very good weekend. Uh, lots of football has been going on. I just played football. Played pretty badly, to be fair. Uh, and I'm now injured. I've got an injured back, unfortunately. Oh, that's a strong weekend for you. How about you, though, man? What's What's been happening with you this weekend? Um, sat watching... Uh, sat watching football and just playing football manager. It's all been football related this weekend. Nice, I love that. I love that. So you're well prepared. A, yeah, man. I went out and had a kick about and realised how bad I am. So the knee injury is actually a bit of a blessing. So you just stick to being the spectator, I guess. Yeah, or like a water polo fan. When football doesn't go right, I'm a big <laughs> water polo fan. <laughs> cool, man. So um, let's get into it. It's been it's been a big week of big weekend of football. Um, it's been the the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah, a couple of big chocks. Which all started on Friday night, which was, I guess, the game that everyone had their eyes on. It was Manchester United versus Arsenal at the Emirates. Um, yeah, it was a very, very exciting game, to say the least. What, what did you make of it? Um, I thought United were good, but I thought they were also there for the taking, which mm-hmm. is going to be one of them statements that people probably aren't going to agree with. But, Arsenal are really bad defensively and I think that they remind me of what Liverpool were like last season where before Van Dijk basically yeah where the the defence has to be bailed out by the attackers yeah the issue is is I think the attackers are too afraid to you know set the world alight because mm-hmm. they're worried about the defence um well, it's funny you say that because I think that's what let Arsenal down. I thought they tried to attack a bit too much. Um, and we, because all of our goals, when I say we, I'm talking Manchester United. I don't play for them, I just support them. But all of our goals came from counter-attacks. It came from Arsenal throwing too many bodies forward and leaving themselves weak at the back. And we've got like, you know, like very fast attacking players who love a counter-attack. Alexis Sanchez started, Lukaku started, which raised many eyebrows, but... Genius from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. On the right as well. Lukaku started on the right, which I think was... Yeah, I think it was because Kalasnach isn't very good going... Sorry, defending. Yeah. So the fact that he was pushing up so much left the space. Like the example for the first goal, mm-hmm. Kalasnach is sort of 15 yards in front of Lukaku. Yeah. And on, and on a breakaway, it's just a massive no-no. I mean, it didn't. It didn't help Arsenal having um, Socrates uh, injured within the first, you know, you know, early into the first half. Yeah. They and obviously Kashani then went off injured. So I sort of I get that it is a bit of a struggle. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think United are good. Look good now because they're playing so direct. Yeah. Everything flows through the channel and sort of, you know, you've got your quick, your quick wingers, your Martials, your Rashford. I know Rashford's playing number nine, but sort of. He can play out wide, I guess. He can play as like a uh, inside forward, I guess they call it. Yeah. And I think that because everyone's got that directness about them now, that is what. And, and not just that, but like you mentioned last week, Lindelof is playing out of his skin at the minute. Brilliant. Hmm. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I think that 
if I, I still think that if Arsenal's defence was better, that they would um, they would have caused you more problems. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, um, well, officially, when the league campaign starts, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer um, officially the greatest manager of all time. Hundred percent win record after eight games, and in those eight games, we've beat Arsenal in the FA Cup and we've beat Tottenham. So you can't say they've all been easy games. No, 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 and and credit where credit's due. Yeah, he's got them. He's got them working. He's got them sort of on an understanding. Um, the big test will be when City and Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Because they are the two teams that will come out and attack, yeah, and are good at the back, yeah. So, um, yeah, interesting. Be interesting. Very interesting. Um, do you think? Do you think? Who do you think will win it? The FA Cup. Yeah. Um, I the way City are going on, like City won five nil against Burnley. It's Premier League opposition. There's a few Premier League teams who got knocked out by lower league opposition Man City were against Premier League opposition and still won 5-0 I just I just do not see them really slowing down they've got strength and depth um, I think they'll get to the final and I think if I'm completely honest I think Man United have a strong chance of getting to the final Crystal Palace are impressive because on their day I mean they've beat Tottenham today they've knocked out Tottenham who are potentially a top four club but Palace on their day, they scored three against Man City at the Etihad. They scored three against Liverpool at Anfield. They can turn up in big games. They're inconsistent in the league. But when it comes to knockout, I think Palace could go far in this competition. Yeah. Um, I think that although neither of them are massive goal-scoring threats, well, I say not massive goal-scoring threats because they are, but they don't have the great goal scoring records Colin mm-hmm. Wickham and Christian Benteke being fit is a massive sort of massive deal for them um, to have that presence in the box um, and then you've got Andros and Zaha either side if Zaha um, doesn't go to Borussia Dortmund that is well they're thinking about at the end of the season aren't they mm. that's more an end of the season that I don't think that that will happen this I can't imagine it if I'm honest this window yeah but yeah, I I agree. With you. I think City will win it. I don't think there's anyone that will really. Um, I don't. I don't think they'll be shocked like they were last year against Wigan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the upsets in this round of the FA Cup. So I've I've just noted down actually all the Premier League teams that have been knocked out in this round. Obviously, Liverpool were knocked out in the previous round, which I just wanted to bring up again because you're a Liverpool fan and it sucks to be you. Um, but the Premier League clubs knocked out in yeah, this round. Yeah, it really got... does. It, it, sorry, sorry. It, it does suck to be top of the league. Oh, this is the yeah. But you're not going to win the league. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Premier League teams that have been knocked out this round are Arsenal, Newcastle, Everton, Tottenham, and then Wolves have been forced into a replay and West Ham. So there's been a couple of upsets. One I really want to talk about because yesterday uh, I was out and about. It was Saturday. Um, there's a Tesco near my house, went to Tesco. There's loads of police, police on horses, police in riot vans, police just standing on the street. I completely took, I live, for anyone who doesn't know, I live really close to the den, Millwall Stadium. And 
it kicked off yesterday. The Millwall fans were well up for it. I'm assuming the Everton fans were probably really up for it too. There was brawls near my house. Um, this was before the game. Then Everton won 3-2. Sorry, um, Millwall won 3-2. And uh, as you can imagine, there was um, lots of celebrations from the, the Millwall fans. Uh, unfortunately, there was an incident, I think. Someone, an Everton fan, I think, got slashed in the face. Uh, during yeah, I see the photo on Twitter. It's bad. Oh, I haven't seen the photo yet. Don't co- don't condone violence, kids. Not at all, no, no. I mean, you've probably seen Green Street and Football Factory. Millwall are renowned. And uh, I don't want to, like, cling on to stereotypes. Um, I just don't want to cling on to stereotypes. Let's focus on yeah, the football. Yeah, we'll end it there. We'll end it there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, let's focus on the football. So um, what do you think went wrong for, I guess, all the teams that uh, so, were a victim of an upset? Well, the, with, oh, so with the Everton game, yeah, they played a really they played a really strong team, and I think it comes down to Ever, Everton's sort of lack of ability to defend set pieces. Um, I know that um, one of Millwall's goals, which may have been the third goal, was handball. Yeah, well, it came um, off the player's arm, although his arm was by his side. And it kind of hit him. He didn't move his arm into an unnatural position. So I, I'm not really sure what the rule is on that. If it's a, if it's not an unnatural position, then I, I don't think that it would have um, been an issue, and the goal probably would have stood. Mm. But the fact that you have VAR in some stadiums and in some stadiums you don't it doesn't really sit well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that there should either be it should either be everyone or no one. Yeah, all or nothing. Um, but Everton, I think it's down to their set pieces, their set piece defending. Um, they just they they get they get bullied. They get bullied. Yeah, I think and... it's, a, it's a mixture of that, and also I heard Millwall behind. I think it might have been Norwich have scored the most goal from goals from set pieces in the Championship this season. Um, so that's, I guess, something that Pellegrini should have known about and should have prepared for, but obviously didn't. Stat man. Here we go. No, 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 no. Stat man. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a great stat. Yep. Shrewsbury. Yeah. Um, if um, they, the last, I think it was the last time they played in this round. Yeah. And this will make you feel really, really old. Was 16 years ago against an Everton side managed by David Moyes. Oh, wow. 16 the, years ago. So what, in the 2003 season? Yeah. David Moyes. Like, honestly, they said 16 years ago, and I was like, Moise. How, how can you... I'm not how old, am I? Afraid you are, Jesus. sorry. <laughs> oh, mate. Realisation. But yeah, yeah I mean, the... Um, I watched the Wimbledon West Ham game as well, which Wimbledon for a team that can't score goals in League One mm. were unbelievable. Were unbelievable. I don't think I caught that game, but from yeah, the highlights, it, it looks like really, West Ham got battered. Well, West Ham were were awful. Um, second half, he made a Pellegrini made a triple substitution at halftime and brought on. Um, Philippe Anderson, Lucas Perez, and Ryan Fredericks. Mm-hmm. 
and they seem to they seem to sort of get into the game a little bit more. But I mean, the finishes by Wimbledon by the uh, Wimbledon players, Scott Wagstaff, uh, were brilliant. Really, really good finishes, and it's almost like the stresses of a relegation battle would completely washed over them because they were just enthralled by the moment of having, you know, playing West Ham, getting into the, you know, the fifth round. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say it's a case of West Ham didn't respect their opponents? Oh, the problem is, is I. I mean, West Ham got back into the game. Well, I say got back into the game very loosely at three-two. Yeah. So they were went three-nil down and then pulled it back to three-two. Hmm. I mean, but by that point it was too late. Maybe I guess what I'm trying to say is, should they have started the big guns? I don't. I mean, if you look over their team, they had Hernandez and Carroll up top. Who should be who worthy are, of beating a you know scoring game against a league one team? They had Mikel Antonio playing, mm-hmm. um, Adrian in goal. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Idrissa Diop. They had you know they had some some you know it's, it wasn't like they were playing their you know their beast gone. I mean there was a few you know Arnautovic and Anderson and Rice weren't there, but I mean that's still a decent side they put out. It wasn't mm. like they put out the kids. Yeah, true. So, I mean, yeah, it could have been stronger, but it could have been a lot weaker as well. Unfortunate for West Ham. Um, another noticeable, uh, I guess it's kind of an upset, but they are two Premier League teams, was at Tottenham bowing out to Crystal Palace today. Um, is it all going wrong for Tottenham? Is it downhill from here? Uh, if they, I mean... They've got nothing else to really go for. Exactly, yeah. They're so, not, they're not going mean, to win the league, that's for sure. But I feel bad. For, I feel bad for them because, I mean, the whole bottle jobs thing. Um, they were getting labelled with that after the Chelsea game, yeah, in midweek. Um, which isn't the case at all because it's a penalty shootout, and that's just luck of the draw. Um, they're missing. They're three top goal scorers this season. Well, I think combined they make up, I don't know the exact figure, but it's a large majority of all of Tottenham's goals have come from those three players. I think behind those three, the highest goal scorer over the last two years is Ericsson, and he's got like less than 20 yeah. over so, like the last two, three years or however long it is. There you go. And I then mean, Lamella, who's only got play- seven. Yeah, and I don't really blame Poch for not, you know, playing Ericsson today because if Ericsson gets injured, that's that's all of their big four out. I mean, I know Sun's back in for the game in midweek, mm-hmm. but I mean, you can't. I, I wouldn't have risked it if I was him. I wouldn't have risked sort of the fitness of Ericsson to get through the next round. Mm-hmm. Because if they drop out of the top four, which is a distinct possibility with United's resurgence, and you know you've got Chelsea, you know that are still going to be fighting. Yeah. Um, that's probably going to be their main aim. As much as you know, everyone wants to win trophies, and I still 
think the FA Cup is, you know, got a lot of its magic. They they need that top four spot. That's where all the money comes from. That's what they need, basically. Absolutely. That's what they need, but that's probably not what they're going to get. Um, one thing I also wanted to ask about the the FA Cup generally, there's been a lot of talk recently about the FA Cup losing its magic. I many managers now, many chairmen look at the FA Cup and they don't set it as like a priority. They don't say at the start of the season, let's try and win the FA Cup. They all say, let's try and get top four. Let's try and get into UEFA. Um, it's about league position now. So as, as we've seen, some top clubs, even against other top clubs, are resting players. We rested David De Gea against Arsenal. Arsenal rested their first choice keeper against us. As the FA Cup lost his magic. Yeah, it's lost its magic for oh, a long time now. I mean, you see that clubs trying to get up from the championship are resting players in the FA Cup. There you go, yeah. Um, I think the only way the FA Cup is going to sort of rekindle its magic is if the fourth place Champions League spot goes to the FA Cup winner. Does that not happen anymore? No. No, that hasn't. Has that ever happened? I, I, for some reason, assumed it, it did. I, I think I think they got like a... A... Or like the League Cup or something. I remember Wigan winning the League Cup a few years ago. and Yeah, I think they got a Europa League place, didn't they? Yeah. Or a UEFA Cup, like it was back then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the only way that it's going to rekindle its magic. Because if... I mean, the, the only team that really takes it seriously is Man City and they they take everything seriously you saw the team they put like, out against Burton Albion they they seem to just put their best players out for every game yeah I mean you'll get you know some of the you know the bigger teams like every so often United Liverpool Chelsea you know Arsenal and Spurs will put out big sides but you know some of the mid-table Premier League teams have nothing to fight for mm-hmm. a week inside yeah so I mean it's definitely lost it I think that's the only way you're going to get it back um, and maybe even a bigger cash prize for the winner because I've, I've overheard I don't know this for a fact but I've overheard it's not that great yeah but the same token they get so much money from TV revenue now mm-hmm. just being uh, a Premier League team is enough I mean, getting That's into it. Europa, getting into the Champions League, there's probably loads more TV money to be on ITV1. That's it. And, and, and the, the golf, major, for the majority of teams, the golf between the Championship and the Premiership is, you know, it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, quite a lot of the teams that come up from the Championship do go back down, if not, if not first season, definitely, well, mostly the second season. Yeah. So that cash prize is only really going to benefit the team's championship and below mm-hmm. and they haven't got the greatest chance of winning it absolutely so you I think the only way you can do it and to hype it up for the Premier League teams because as as bad as it is that's the teams that you want to play up for because they're going to get again the most revenue that's where all the big stars are mm-hmm. I, I'd love it if a championship team won the FA Cup as would I. You know, a lower league team. Because then that would be the magic of the FA Cup, but I just can't see it happening. As would I. I think that would do us for, for part one. 
Um, in part two, we're going to talk about a question you posed to me not too long ago um, and any other business. Welcome back to part two of the Generic Football Show. Um, Dan, not too long ago, you asked me what makes a player world class. So I looked at the dictionary definition of world class and it essentially suggests someone who is at renowned, essentially seen as amongst the elite of best players. And I thought that's quite interesting because if hypothetically, imagine the general level of football was really low. The best players are still technically counted as world-class. Yeah, I think that's a very generic phrasing of world-class. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, world-class is someone that has done, sort of has, has been a standout for many years. Yep. And someone that can go into any team and improve it. Okay, can you give me an example? So, David De Gea. Yep. Could get into any team in the world and improve it. World class. Okay. Whereas someone like... Let's think. Um, so, I... There's a lot... There's a, There's not many players that I would class as world class in the Premier League. I'd say I can think of off the top of my head maybe 10. Hmm. Well, you just said maybe. a player that could go into a team and like improve the team. I think going back to my hypothetical situation where like the general standard of football across the world is bad, the best players will still improve a team, even though they may not be relatively as good as other players in different generations. Yeah, but any team. Would you... Here's one. Would you consider Andrei Shevchenko world-class in his prime? In his prime, yes. Okay. He went to Chelsea and did not improve that team. But but I don't... But he wasn't in his prime then. You've got to imagine he was doing that for Milan year on, sort of year on year. Um, I... I wouldn't class any of the Liverpool front three as world class. Not Salah? No, I wouldn't class any of them as well because they've not done it year on year. They've not had a... They've not... Don't get me wrong, they could go in and improve most teams. But... You know, the, the front so three of... You've you know, added another condition here. You've added that they have to do it year on year in. Year on year. Can a, can a player yeah, not be world class for one year? No, I just think he's had a... I, I just think he's had a, you know, a streak. Like, because that's, that's like a one season wonder, isn't it? Yeah, but equally you, you can back, say that... If you look back on a player... One season world class... But if you look back on a, if you look, I I would never class someone that's had one good season as being world class. Like, 
Harry Kane, when he first came in and scored, you know, 20 odd goals, everyone was like, oh, he's going to be a one hit wonder. No one ever said he was world class because it's like Andy Johnson. Andy Johnson at Crystal Palace scored, you know, when they come up, scored 17 odd goals. Mm. You know, was near on top goal scorer. Kevin Phillips for Sunderland was joint top goal scorer in 98. James Beattie, he scored a lot of goals as well. Yeah, um, they're not world class. Someone like, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are there are people that you know I could maybe give exemptions to, like Kylian Mbappe, who are new onto the scene and has had sort of two and a half good years, but you can sort of tell that he's going to be world class. I would never have thought well, that Kevin Phillips would have been classed as world class. You said going to be. And when we spoke about Andrei Shevchenko earlier, we said he was, then he wasn't by the time he moved to Chelsea. I think that kind of begs the question that it is down to a period of time and how long is that period of time where you can call someone world-class? Is one season enough to say, can you say he was world-class for that one season, therefore he is world-class? Or he has shown he has potential to be world-class? I think you could say he's shown the potential. But I don't think that... I think world-class, like I said last week, world-class is banded around so easily. So, like, um, I would say that... (sighs) Harry Kane is world-class because Harry Kane has done it for four years at the highest level Mm -hmm. and I think Harry Kane could go into any team and improve it. Hmm. I think these conditions are all quite subjective, though. Like, to be fair, this whole time I've been being the devil's advocate. My idea of world class would be someone who has qualities that you cannot train to get. So you can train at the highest level, but it's you will never reach the ability of a world class player. I think world class is something to do with, like, talent. So are you saying, like, general attributes? Like, are you saying that someone could be the best in the world at free kicks and he would be considered world-class? Um, but it's, just, it's not just down to, like, one particular attribute. It's down to, like, the way they play. The way they play is not something that you could possibly ever achieve because they have, like, a special talent. Like, I think of, say, uh, who's a great example? Leo Messi is the perfect example. You watch him and you're just in awe because what he does is, people use the word magic because it's un, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You look at him and you literally think, I could never achieve that. I can't think of another player who could achieve the technique and the, the ability that this player achieves. Yeah. Um, and it's, a fun, it's funny I say that because that begs the argument that Ronaldo isn't world-class. I've always looked at Ronaldo and thought, he is a player who is dedicated everything to being the best player he possibly can be and he is the best he possibly can be and he's better than so many others as a result but it's not all natural talent I think it's hard work dedication and training yeah I mean that's that's why I'm unsure about that I mean I think that's definitely something that could be added on as an attribute but I don't feel like that's because you're ruling people out like Ronaldo, mm. someone that doesn't 
you know, that has to work for that ability rather than that has the sort of like the natural prowess. Because I don't think Messi, you know, I mean, obviously we weren't sort of there to see the Maradonas and the Pelés, but to me, Messi's a freak. Like, how how he does things mm. is, you know, incredible. Mm. Um, and I think that he is, I mean, to my mind, a one-off because of what he does and how he manages to achieve it is... Well, there's, I think in history, there's been a few players who have, like, done things that are so extraordinary that we never could have believed it. We never could amount to it. I think of players like... Mm. I think personally Zidane was a world-class player. He changed the the way as central yeah. midfielder plays. Um, he was before my time, but I hear a lot about Cruyff. He, yeah. he changed the way people play. Pele, Maradona, all these players have like, it's not even about their attributes. It's about the way they play that is so extraordinary. Um, mm. And I think that's the difference. A player can have the best attributes but that doesn't necessarily make them world-class. They can have, they can be the best shooter. They can be the fastest, best free kick taker, but attributes don't make you world-class. Attributes just show that you've worked hard at a particular skill, yeah. I think. No, definitely. Um, definitely. And for me, I guess that's what makes someone world-class, having these like instinctive abilities that no one else would have ever thought of or amount to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like I said, and it, this is why it's so interesting because everyone's interpretation of what world class is can be different. Mm. And it's... But the weird thing is, is I think that most people, although they might have a different opinion on what world class is, a lot of people, and they're so over the top or biased, can see a world class player. Well, it's funny because on the last episode, I begged the question that is Marcus Rashford world-class? And I think I agree with you, he's not yet. But the reason I ask that is because he's showing signs of um, abilities and behaviours that are extraordinary and not necessarily down to um, practice or effort. It's it's instincts that make someone world-class, I think. And Rashford is starting to show signs of you know, doing things that you wouldn't have thought of doing and, you know, having that kind of impact on a game or on a, a play. Yeah, I still think that he's... I, I, I wouldn't have even thought about putting Rashford in the world-class bracket. You just think he's very good? Yeah. But... <laughs> I just think he's a very good young player. Hmm. I don't think he's... I, I, I think Marcus Rashford is really good and I think that he you know, will be good for many years. Yeah. But there's a difference between being good for many years and being standout for many years. And that's... I can't see him being a standout player for, you know, for many different years. I'll tell you what. Well, I was going to say, um, going by the dictionary definition of world-class, i.e. generally the best in the world... Um, I'm going to read out the top 10 nominees for the Ballon d'Or this year, well, last year, um, and I want you to tell me whether you think each of them are world-class. So I'll go from 10 down to 1. So number 10 was Harry Kane. Yeah, world-class. World class. Kevin De Bruyne. World-class. 
I agree. Eden Hazard. World class. Raphael Varane. Oh, there's a pause. Do you know? Yeah, I, do you know? I probably, I would probably put him in that bracket now because of what he's done. That he's been World Cup of, winner. Yeah, World Cup winner, Champions League multiple winner, multiple-time Champions League winner. Yeah, I'd yeah. put him in there. Um, Mohamed Salah. No. Interesting. Leo Messi. Leo Messi came fifth in last year's Ballon d'Or. Which is ridiculous, by the way. If you saw all of his stats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone can argue that he's not world class. Kylian Mbappe. Yes. Antoine Griezmann. Oh, it was a pause. Oh. Yes. That was hesitant, but that was. Because I think he's I think he's brilliant, but he's I still I I I don't know if to put him in the same bracket as Salah. Someone who's very, very good and, you know, can, you know, take a game by the scruff of the neck, but is not quite world class. Hmm. Interesting. Um if 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 he is in if he is in the world class bracket, it's just. Fair enough. Cristiano Ronaldo? Yes. And number one, Luca Modric. Yeah, Luca Modric is world class. So literally of all those players, the one that you didn't believe was world class was your talisman, Mohamed Salah. Yeah. Which proves no bias. Hmm. In terms of like do you not think Mohamed Salah does more for Liverpool and Egypt than, say, Eden Hazard does for Chelsea and Belgium? Um, I think he... Hasn't won anything yet, just for the record. Maybe that's... Yeah, why. I think he has been. I think he has been. Um, But I think that... Eden Hazard has been a game changer for a while. Mm -hmm. And I think with Salah, if he continues this on, you know, till the end of the season and, you know, maybe maybe until this time next year, then yeah, I'd put him in that world-class bracket. Fair enough. Um, but I think that that's, yeah, I think it is close. But I mean, I've watched Hazard so many times grab Chelsea by the scruff of the neck and take him into victories. It's quite interesting, actually, looking um, at that list, bar Harry Kane, Mohamed Salah is the only one, um, well, Mo Salah and Harry Kane are the only two who ha didn't win anything last season. Yep. Harry Kane at least got golden boot at the World Cup. And did Mo Salah get golden boot in the league yeah he, yeah he got he broke the record for the most amount of goals in a 38 game season well okay there you go he, he kind of won a, an individual trophy but didn't do yeah. enough for his team to win his team anything nor did Harry Kane uh, well, um, yeah and I think that that's I think that's telling of how well they done yeah personally okay um well, I mean, yeah, listeners, I'd... 
feel free to have your say. Um, you can tweet me directly at S-I-L-E-C-T-A. Who do you think is world class and what do you think world class is? Do you want to give away your contact details, Mr. Dan? I think I remember him this, this week. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Twitter at D Samworth. How did I, how did I forget that? <laughs> it's, very, it's your name. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I think that'll do for part two. Uh, in part three... We have a quiz for one another. Okay, welcome back to part three of the generic football podcast. The generic football show is a podcast, but it's also a show. (laughs) So uh, since it's FA Cup weekend, Dan, um, we have prepared some questions for each other. Um... Yeah, to begin this uh, ongoing, I don't know what to call it, series of questions we're going to do at the end of each show. And at the end of the season, we'll tally up and the winner will get pride and bragging rights. I'll just take the bragging rights, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you want to go first or shall I? Yeah, shall we do, shall we do penalty, style, penalty shootout style? I like that. So hey. the penalty taker is the question master. Yes. I like it. Do you want to take the penalty right. first? Yeah, go on then. Hit me. Right. Who was the first team to win an FA Cup at the Millennium Stadium? <laughs> um, this is really funny, actually. Before I answer this, this is a question I prepared for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm gonna go you know what funnily enough I remember this game I remember watching it um, Arsenal went 1-0 up I think Freddie Lundberg might have scored and then Michael Owen if I'm correct scored 2 and Liverpool won 2-1 by the way Michael Owen yep world class Uh, for two seasons he won the Ballon d'Or he did yeah I give you that. I'll give you that. He was a, he was a striker, a striker, striker. Okay, um, I'm gonna have to think of another question in in the meantime. But um, okay, my first question. This is really hard, Dan. Uh, who I'm was ready. the last non top division club to win the FA Cup? Oh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Tense. I'm trying to think what century that leaves me in. I'll give you a clue. It was in the 20th century. Uh, oh, do you know what? I haven't got a clue. Uh, I am going to go with... QPR. I'm afraid. Good guess, but the correct answer is actually Tottenham Hotspur in oh, wow. 1901. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know that was a hard question. That was the hardest question. I just wanted to, you know, start it off with a with a bang. Yeah. Bet me in nicely. Thanks, mate. One nil to Silas. Alright. <laughs> when was the first ever World Cup uh, sorry, when was the worst first ever 
FA Cup final held. When or where? When. When. Uh, I'm gonna say 1898. <laughs> Ooh, 1872. Ah. And I get. I reckon someone like pressed North End one or something like that. Do you know what? I didn't even find out who the winner was. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Didn't even find out who the winner was. I know Preston North End were good in the Victorian times. <laughs> okay. 1-1. One, one. My next question for you. Five companies have sponsored the FA Cup since 1994. Can you name three of the five for one point? Oh. Right. So you've got the... LDV, one of them. No, you're thinking of the LDV Vans Trophy. Oh, I have. <laughs> what a tournament. <laughs> um, wait. <laughs> Eon? Yep, correct. <sighs> um... not Empire, is it? Because that was the Football League. Uh, oh, this is bad. I'm going to have to uh, push you for an answer. Do you know what? I've got blank. I'm going to Empower, although I don't think they're one of them. No, afraid not. Um, I'm going to say... Oh. No, do you know I'm out? Don't know. Ah, so the answers were the Little Woods between 94 and 95. There was the AXA FA Cup. Oh, AXA. The Eon FA Cup, which you got. The Budweiser FA Cup. And the current one is the Emirates FA Cup. Of course. Yep. Of course, the Emirates. I like these questions. I've given you some hard questions. Right. Um, who was what team has won the most FA Cups? Uh, oh, oh wait. I was going to be quick to say Man United, but I don't think we have any more. I think we're. This is a trick question. Are we tied with Arsenal, or have Arsenal won more, or have Liverpool won more? No. Oh, I'm gonna say Arsenal. Yeah, I'm going with Arsenal. Yes! <laughs> okay, for, for a bonus point, how many? Oh. Thirteen? Unbelievable. Was Unbelievable. I right? Unbelievable. He's done it. Was I right? He's, he's done it. Jeez! I know they, like, we had won the most, but in the last ten years, they, they won quite a few back-to-back. This is amazing. I'm, I'm doing quite good at this. Yeah, yeah, you're I'm doing really this. well, mate. Carry on, carry on. Okay. <laughs> Which individual player has won the most FA Cups? Won the most FA Cups. Um... 
I am going to go with... I don't think it's an English player. Okay. I think it's... For some reason, I've got Fabregas in my head, so I'm going to go with Fabregas. Sesc Fabregas you're going for? Yeah. I'm afraid the answer is Ashley Cole. Who won it seven times with Arsenal and with Chelsea. Not each, seven times in total. It's not going well for you, Dan. No, do you know what? It's, uh, it's not going bad. I'm close <laughs> to throwing in the towel. Um, right, okay. What, in, what, in which year was the first FA Cup final broadcast on TV? Oh, I'm mad. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I completely don't know, so I'm going to guess 1972. 1938. Did they have TVs in 38? Yeah, yeah, of course they did. I thought the first TV came out when the Queen was jubilee The Queen was... What did you call it? Knighted. The Queen was... Um, Crowned. <laughs> oh. Okay, I'll take that one. What's the score? Three, three, one, three, two. Yeah. Okay. But no, no. I don't. Actually, I don't even think I've got one yet. To be honest. Have you not? You're dreadful. No. Okay. Wow. Awful. Awful. Okay. Two more questions for you. Um. The last time. How can I word this? Who won the FA Cup? The last time the FA Cup went to penalties. That was... Wasn't that us against West Ham? You're absolutely right. 2002-2005-2006. A broken Marlon Harewood could have won them the game, but he was, he played injured in the final. <laughs> wow. Well yeah, done, you well, got one right. Thank you, thank you. Um, I've got a bit, a bit of a gimme for the last one, mate. Okay. Um, who won last season's FA Cup? Chelsea. Yeah. That was, re- that was on a nice easy one. shockingly easy. <laughs> Well, I thought I thought you'd really struggle, so I thought I'd give you a gimme. Turns out you're actually better than what I thought. Yeah, you prepared some pretty easy questions. Um, I've got one last one for you. You've, you've clearly lost the penalty shootout, but we'll do this for consolation. <laughs> Who was the last English manager to win the FA Cup? Harry Redknapp. Ah, bang on. 2008 with Portsmouth. Yes. Well done. Finish. That was it's a strong a finish. Strong finish. <laughs> um, I think that will uh, conclude the generic football show this week. We've made it to a second week. We have. We can't be doing that bad. Yeah. Well, we we probably are. People just aren't telling us. Yeah. We've got a quiz now, so we're no longer that generic. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, thank you very much, Dan. Thank you very much, sir. And I'll catch you next week. See you next week.